Hello, welcome to the Fearless Ones podcast, where we build fearless people who create and lead a fearless generation. This is Matt Ham, Kevin Adams. Friday, Kevin, we're ready mm-hmm. to roll. Yeah, best day of my life. <laughs> Amen. I mean that. Amen. The day you got, right? <laughs> got to learn to live in the present. A lot of times they get stuck in the past or anticipate the future and you get all out of whack and that's never good. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing out of whack over here. We're good. Happy. Sun's out. Life's good. Uh, no show next week. Uh, we will uh, repost probably an old one. I just want to say that out loud. Yeah. Um, got, got a big a day. Got a big day and a big week coming up. Lots of planning and stuff to do. And uh, my, for those who don't know, my youngest is uh, getting married. Um, and uh, it's going to be a wonderful event outdoors and uh, in the beautiful October sunshine, weathery, uh, fallish, but coastal south fall, hopefully, <laughs> and yeah. nice and warm. But it's going to be good. And uh, next Friday, so we're excited. And uh, uh, it's just a lot. There's a lot to it. And of course, <laughs> neither you nor I will be ready to do the show because we're going to be there. Hopefully, That's right. At some yeah. point. I, I took a peek at the weather, man. It looks like it's going to be an awesome, uh, awesome day and uh, super excited for Caroline and Cecil and celebrating with everybody, man. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so, so we want to go out uh, today with the, you know, uh, we'll see how long we go, but uh, just, just to kind of round out uh, some of the things we've been talking about. And, uh, you know, it's funny, we, <laughs> it's kind of like the Bible it says the same thing over and over again in different ways throughout history. And then it's all, you know, Jesus is the centerpiece of it. You know, everything before him points to him, everything after him points back to him. So in that way, we will be talking about the same things over and over again. But uh, hopefully yeah. it'll be with a fresh uh, viewpoint and uh, stimulating, hopefully. <laughs> Well, the the, rea- the the truth doesn't change, you know. Uh, so so <laughs> you, you can fancy it up any way you want, run from it or whatever, but it doesn't change. And so there's a lot of times where it just needs to be reiterated with a fresh uh, set of eyes. And, you know, a lot of times it takes people hearing something seven, eight, 10, 12, 15 times. I said something yesterday at Faith and Business, uh, just being vulnerable with the folks that were there, I said, you know, there are times I get really frustrated uh, because you say the same thing to people over and over and over and over again. And two and a half years later, they finally get it and they act like it's this new revelation. And you're like, uh, we've been saying this for like two years, you know, and that's hard. It's hard sometimes. I mean, that's just me being right. real. It's hard yeah. to to continue to stay the course and feel like, you know, nobody gets it sometimes and then people do. And it's, it's wonderful, but there is an element of frustration that comes along with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I think the, uh, uh, the, the good thing about knowing who you are getting to that place and that's where everybody needs to get to, uh, fewer there. Uh, but but a lot of people on that journey, the, the great thing about it is, is you find joy in the obedience, not measuring the outcome. Uh, it's still difficult sometimes, but uh, 
But anyway, we had a little bit of a technical problem getting started today. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, uh, hopefully you're feeling good. Uh, everything, I, I just want to say this on my end, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. I'm happy. There's nothing in me but goodness and, and excitement about this coming week. So I just want to double check on you and yeah. you know, I haven't talked to you much lately, but it's yeah, well, you know, in a different circle. So, you know, and, and we're, all, we're all about authenticity, man. I mean, you know, when we're trying to get a show, we got a clock running, you know, we're sending links back and forth and then the, the audio doesn't work and it's the signal. I mean, yeah, there is frustration. So that's what, you know, you use probably sense and to our listeners, that's just being real, you know, when you're trying to get something done and it doesn't work out or whatnot, but I'm, I'm moving on man and letting all that go, the frustration behind and, and press in. Cause we've got a topic today that um, people need to hear. And uh, this teaching right. is uh, paramount for them to be able to step into. Yeah. Well, that's right. And, and it, it, again, it's, it, we've used these, you know, I, I use a lot of the, uh, the things that we send out during the week, the texts they are like nuggets and uh, there's seeds, they grow, people overlook them. And then every once in a while, some, one of them will grab somebody and uh, there's a repetitive to it, but there's enough of them that, uh, you know, people, people still enjoy it. And so, this one is not a new one, but it's really, really important uh, to to uh, revisit that. So we sent this text out a couple of days ago, and this is in our faith community, our portable faith community. And uh, it says the gravity of comfort is mediocrity. And it goes on to say it is impossible to get beyond one without letting go of the other. So, you know, it, it was a good way to remind people about a previous podcast uh, done earlier in the year uh, entitled Your Life Was Built for Impact, Not Comfort. And so I think the idea is one that we have to continually come back to because comfort is something that uh, is just over and over again, it, it becomes the main goal. Uh, and I'm not saying people uh, are intentionally focused on that but you you really really have to let go of that unless you want to live a mediocre existence and that's just the way it is so i want to talk about that maybe in a different way i think we may even have had a show we've had so many shows over the last i don't know however many years so but that title today um i want to give it a new a new light on it and talk yeah. through that a little bit. Well, I think the I think the starting <clears throat> point in in my mind as we approach this is there are many people who maybe unintentionally, intentionally, inadvertently, I mean, however, that they are aiming for comfort as right. a metric of success, as a metric of joy, as a metric of happiness. And right. so if you're aiming for comfort as some measure of your value or success or whatever, you're essentially missing the essence of what Jesus calls us to do as disciples. And that is make right. disciples. There's nothing in there about comfort. It was funny. We talked about this years ago. And I remember the spirit kind of prompting me to look up and see if the word comfortable is in the Bible. And the word comfortable isn't in there in the modern translations. The word comfort is, 
mm. but not the word comfortable. And I think people mix those up, don't understand them. And so they, they aim for the wrong target. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the Holy spirit is the comforter and that's, that's where we have to find it. That's the foundation of, of it. Uh, and so maybe, uh, we just have to distinguish the worldly difference uh, versus the, the the true difference that, that what what God teaches. It's kind of like the, you know, the other uh, idea. Uh, this comes from another text earlier this week, and this is about the fool. You know, there are essentially two kinds of fool fools: one who fears nothing but the Lord, and one who fears everything but the Lord. That's it. There's no, and it, and it went on to say, there's no in between. We're either fools for God or fools for the world. You, you there's no in between. You will mm. be a fool. You'll either be a fool for Him, which is a good thing, or a fool for the world. So, you know, when you go and look at the verse, which I don't remember if we talked about this last week, but First Corinthians three eighteen, it says, "Do not let anyone deceive himself." If any of you if any one of you thinks he is wise in matters pertaining to this world, he is going to be really disappointed. In fact, he must be deemed a fool by worldly standards in order to become truly wise. So that's one of my favorite verses uh, and kind of where the title of my uh, uh, the book I wrote almost a decade ago hmm. comes from. But it, you're going to be a fool, right? So, So building on that, coming back to the idea that um, you're not going to do things the way people tell you, the way the world teaches you. If you do, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just, if you're not, if you're not going to stretch and challenge yourself, then you will only have mediocre uh, existence. And that can be, has nothing to do with salvation and eternity, but God put you here to do good works. He put you here specifically to fulfill purpose. And um, and, and, and the enemy can't unring a bell. He can't unsave and he can't uncreate a new creation. But what he can do is keep you unproductive by luring you through fear back to comfort. Comfort meaning, you know, everything is covered. Everything uh is perfect in your life you know gosh there's so many ways that i just it, it's so vanilla to me there's no challenge in it right would you would you say that comfort um is kind of the opposite of the kingdom in the sense of like if you're seeking comfort or living in comfort then it stands to reason that you're not functioning in what god has for you yeah, I think that I think the, the idea is that it, you you have to let go of the world's lesser, crappy, mechanical, um, vanilla definition, mm. and you have to find your comfort with God, yeah. and. And, and and if you don't make that distinction and start moving toward that, uh, if you, think of it this way with children, I'm a firm believer in uh, uh, being firm with children. You know, scripture teaches this. People try to 
turn it into something it isn't. But if you don't challenge your children, hmm. um, everybody, first of all, here's the thing, right? Everybody thinks their kid is the smartest, the greatest, and <laughs> that's fine. Right. I don't know whether they are or not, but I know this, it's up to us to lead them and point them specifically to, to foster their identity. But the, the only place to get that is by understanding who God is and then they'll see themselves in him and he'll open that door. So that means lots and lots and lots and lots of challenges. So if we don't challenge our children, we don't want to crush their spirit. But if you don't challenge them, they will not rise to the occasion. If you do challenge them, they will rise to it and they will begin to understand their own value. Now, this is Parenting 101. And I'm saying that having grown children. Um, and I think that's that's a place to speak from uh, with some authority because it's it's kind of a done thing. Right. And uh, so so we have to maintain that childlike growth process with our heavenly father so he he challenges us and what happens is it prunes us it it removes those strongholds and those hooks along the way hmm. and 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 uh, so we we can operate freely and and so so the the, the gravity of, of comfort the reason i use the word gravity is because it holds us down if you want to be comfortable you can't get off the ground you know, so to speak. You know, it's it's interesting you're talking about challenge and, you know, one of the most recognizable um, uh, things about this modern culture is fatherlessness within our culture, right? So mm -hmm. lack of physical fathers, a lack of spiritual fatherhood, a lack of men being the men God called them to be and, you know, kind of being this passive Christian, you know, lying asleep in the, you know, uh, zoo page yeah. kind of thing. And mm -hmm. um, I think one of the byproducts of fatherlessness is an undisciplined child because there is no challenge. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so when you, when you wrap your head and heart around this reality of, of how it is with God is when we're not challenged by him, we're largely undisciplined. And, and so the, the challenge of God is to bring discipline and correction into our lives. And if we don't see that modeled in culture or we don't have that understanding then it's kind of this humanistic, whatever feels good, free for all, like, don't tell me what to do. I think that's right. what you see in culture right now. Yeah, well, I, I agree. And I think that, um, you know, to go a little further with it, it's like uh, God sees our potential uh, because he created it in the first place. So it's, it's just much smarter to go ahead and get to the place, cut to the chase. You know, think of it this way. He sees who we should be hmm. and he challenges us to get to that place. So as his vessels in the way that we're gifted, we must do the same thing for those around us. It doesn't mean, you know, if you're painting or you're a fine artist or whatever that, uh, you, you know, that, that somehow that challenges people. It just means that in your relationships, you, you always want to, to see the world champion at, you know, in somebody because they are the world champion at something. 
Uh, some things are just more tangible and more highlighted than others. Um, but, but you, God sees that. So, so as his vessels in a body using separate and different gifts coming together, it's an exponential outcome, but we need to look at our children, if you will, the way he looks at us. And that is, he sees who we should be and we're made to be. And he draws us to that. He's patient with us. And that goes back to, you know, I've said this 28,000 times. <laughs> Why aren't you getting it? And, uh, you know, I know the frustration you feel in that um, and uh, and have known it for, for a very long time. And uh, it is hard. And not everybody is meant to to carry that. But uh, yeah, but he carries it, you know. So <laughs> well, we and can taste it. <laughs> that's what I told. I told somebody the other day, I said, I don't know how Jesus did it. You know, what I mean, I was like, I, I, it's, it's when you get to the point um, where you truly understand everything's going on, how he walked with people who continually didn't understand him, criticized him, called him right. crazy, you know, rejected him, rejected him, rejected him, denied him, betrayed him, whatever, and he still said, "Forgive them; they know not what they do." I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and again, maybe it's just for whatever reason, the mood I'm in today or the week I'm having, but I mean, it is what it is. It, it's just, you know, you reach a point where it's like, man, I, I'm grateful for you, God, because I got nothing left. You know what I mean? I don't have the capacity to deal with people or these things anymore, but yet you did. Mm-hmm. So show me more, like show me how to be, become more like you in this environment. Um, you know, because I need to be disciplined, right? I need to be grown up. I need that mm-hmm. challenge. And, you know, another right. conversation with a, a friend of ours, a, a fellow who's followed along and who I've had the opportunity to meet with for a while, um, you know, going through a situation right now. And, and the, I, I told him, I said, man, the truth is, is God is going to get your attention if he has something for you. And it just, it's a matter of what's it going to take to get your attention, you know? So these difficulties, these challenges are ultimately a cry to your heart to say that you are not who I've made you to be and you need to get back in alignment. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it comes in many shapes and sizes, but the further down you go, the more common the denominator becomes. And uh, you just, you know, this is why we see, over and over again, the idea presented even in James is uh, where you take a complaint and turn every complaint, every complaint, what starts with complaint becomes thanksgiving. How does he say it in, in, in scripture? He says, count it all joy when you encounter various trials. And he goes on to say why, but even if you just pull that one uh, verse, you see God's personality. He's telling you how to get to the place that he wants you to come. Mm. He gives it to you, but you still have to go get it. You, you have to choose, right? And, and, and that's so good. So, you know, it's no different than uh, uh, children. And I don't, this isn't a parenting thing. Sorry, I'm working on my... I wanted to pull something up on my computer here, but this is not a parenting thing, but that, that's a good way to look at it. But this is a, this is something that God has laid out for us and it's his goodness. 
And, and, and we, we, because we walk by sight, uh, because we don't really truly understand that we are in this place, but we're not of it. There's a collision in that. People don't understand that. That collision is, can be very painful, but the pain refines us. It gets us to that place. In other words, people have got to stop praying for softer rocks. <laughs> you know, they're going to throw them at you. Yeah. We have to start praying for thicker skin and believing God's going to give it to us. And when we get it, we got to stand up and go, yes, thank you, Lord. Let's go. Where are we going? I'm in. Mm. Too many people say I'm in. Yeah. And it, it's, it's got nothing behind it. It's paper. It's cardboard. It's mm. rah, rah, bull crap. I'm in means you become patient. You become wise. You become like Jesus. Yeah, he he lives. He has to have a vessel that looks like himself enough to pass through it. Otherwise, you're going to stop that thing all up, and you know you 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 may uh, enjoy some of the benefit of being his, but you're you're not going to be productive in showing other people who he is. And that that's that's the real preaching that we need to do. Well, you know, again, the, the the verse that stands out as you say that is that Romans 12 thing. You know, when Paul says, present your bodies as living sacrifices. Right. You know, I don't know that, that folks have actually sat with that word and meditated on it long enough to truly understand what that means. I mean, you know, that that is a right. um, a living sacrifice is a massive term to God. I mean, a sacrifice is, you know. Um, it was important, you know, and, and so when you understand what that actually entails to be a follower of Jesus and what that call is, it's a different thing than just going, oh, yeah, Jesus, my, my man, I'm in, you know, yeah, praise God. <laughs> right. It's right. going, nah, man, everything I have, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, and he, and he says, you know, if you don't understand scripture and context and the, and the whole of it and then the pieces of it together, um, this is why you have to you have to understand what's in there. You have to take it in. You have to stand on it. It's the physical uh, thing that helps us. We have to make a choice between what we see and what it says. That's the outside in. That's what it means to walk by faith. You have to make that choice. What it does is internally, it opens your spirit up and you become more sensitive to the implanted word and those special things that he says just to you, little things, and you move toward them. But if you don't have that, uh, connection, then you get pulled off in different directions by rejection, or I was hurt here, or I've got this trauma here. All this stuff adds up. But uh, you know, you know, it, you, you, we have to come back to the place where we we realize that um, we're here to be to let God not only live and dwell through us, in us, but through us and outward. And that's so much more satisfying than, you know, I, I like to ask people this question uh, and I flip it both ways. One is what if, if I had $10 million and I gave you a check and said, okay, don't, you cannot do that anymore. What's the one thing you'd tell the person to go, you know, screw off. What's the thing you would do, even though someone offered you $10 million to stop that, is something that you should be doing. If somebody came to me and said, Kevin, you can never teach people about me, you know, God, 
uh, you know, in other words, if God said, I'm going to give you $10 million to not do that, right? But it's not God, some, somebody else. I would, I would say no, no way, no way. My gift, what I do is worth far more than that. Plus, it satisfies me. It, mm. I know I'm, I'm pleasing God, right? Then flip it around. I'm just using my example. But what if you had $10 million sitting on a pallet in your garage? So all your needs are covered. What would you do? What do you want to wake up and experience every day? So use it to take these things and chew on them and get them in your heart and really go there. Imagine what, what you would do. That's healthy. It's not healthy to not allow yourself to, to, to go there in both places. So, you know, if you love working out and you're really fit and, I'm not talking about, you know, doing some kind of marathon thing or something to find, refine your glory. I'm talking about people that just do that their whole lives. They're so into it. Right. Right. Uh, that is part of who you are. Somebody paid you $10 million to never work out again. If you're that guy, you'd probably say, get out of here. That's, <laughs> I'd take right? that. I'd personally, I'd take that $10 million and run, man. <laughs> Because well, I know, that's, I know yeah. for me, I'm not hung up on having to work out all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and I understand that, you know, but that's just a tangible thing. Sure. But you, you have to look at the things that, that, you, that can't be bought in you. And then you have to look at the things that if everything is paid for, what do you do? Well, you're, here's what you're not going to do if you're God's, truly. You're not going to get up and keep taking cruises and keep eating the same meal over. How much caviar and champagne and how many trips can you take before you start getting sick of yourself? You know, that stuff's not meant for that. It's meant to rejuvenate, to give you peace and rest. I mean, people are extravagant, go overboard with it. That's fine, whatever. But we're not talking about stewardship right now. We're just talking about comfort. Yeah. And being held down by the gravity of it, which is mediocrity. So it doesn't matter, you know, to me, somebody that has the, the kind of resources that, uh, let's say, you know, some of these well-known people have. And they just continue to live in, in luxury without changing things, without pouring in. It's just a mediocre existence. You're a meat suit for a minute and then you're out and you did nothing. That's sick to me. That's a waste of a, a lung and a heart and a life. It's just, it's bad. Yeah. So, but you see people that are pouring in, you know, I go back to the widow's mite. The lady had nothing, but she gave all she had. What's that look like? You know, that right there is, there's nothing mediocre about that. That's very Christ-like. So there's nothing mediocre about Jesus. If you want to be like him, you better let go of comfort hmm. because you will have no impact if you are focused on it. Now, we're not talking about comfort, you know, when you're sick and you need a blanket or a bowl of soup. We are talking about trying to get to a lifestyle of security and comfort where everything's covered, where you've, you've gotten there. And you know, you never do because yeah. once you get secure, you fall asleep in the comfort of it. Yeah. 
And it's just not, that's not Jesus. Period. A good conversation that came up yesterday uh, at Faith and Business, a testimony from one of our community members is, you know, she had said that um, she grew up in a way where she didn't have a lot of things. And so her dreams were all about having some of these things. And here she is kind of at her middle of her life and she's actually achieved all of those things. You know, she has the money, she's bought a house, she has a car, she has, a, I mean, she has all the things that she sure. ever dreamed about. And now she's at, and, you know, I, I think she's in her forties and she's going, well, what, what does the next look like? I, I've gotten everything, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of right. people, people call that the midlife crisis, I guess, in the sense that it's like, well, I've got everything that I ever aspired to. And I think that's the point we're trying to make is maybe you were aiming at the wrong target. Maybe that comfort or these ideas of these niceties shouldn't have been the goal. So that's where you get right. to kind of co-labor with God and say, all right, show me what you put me here for. And I, I want to go back and reiterate for our listeners, Kevin, the exercise that you just encourage people to do, um, you know, it, because people don't do the things we suggest. That's just the reality. But but I would encourage somebody to take, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes and truly meditate on the challenge that Kevin presented to say, you know, what's the thing in your life that if somebody offered you $10 million to never do it again, you couldn't do it. So, so essentially find the thing in your life that can't be bought, that you won't compromise on. And then the counter to that is, is if you had $10 million in the bank, what would you get up and do? And what would you experience every day? And that's the thing you would do even if you couldn't or didn't get paid. And I just want to say that again, because that exercise alone is revolutionary for those who will engage it fully. Well, and that that's, that's, you know, just one little tiny thread of what mentoring disciple making is like. You want to get from here to there, call me. You, if you're really in, if you're not, and you're just kicking the tires, go jump in the lake. But if you're in, if you want to emulate the heroes of faith, instead of just quoting them, give me a call. And I'm not saying that arrogantly. I'm saying, you know, that's what we're here for. And but everybody has a role in, in, in this body. And so so this is true love. It's it's uh, it's not just about not being mediocre. I mean, we all have moments that are like that. Right. We have tired days, et cetera. Um, but when you look back on your life you want to see uh, that that your life is being used by God, especially in ways that satisfy your soul, which is what he wants anyway. And so to get there, you may not understand what he's up to. That's why you have to let go of how and when. And people are so focused on that. Humanism teaches us to walk by sight. It teaches us to be afraid of everything but the Lord. And God says just the opposite. You know, he also says, if you give up everything for, for me, for the gospel, you know, that you'll, you'll have a 30, 60, fold return. And, you know, I think it's all of it. And he even says in this lifetime. So, you know, I, I've tried to live by that. This is widow's might territory. I don't hold on to anything. Yes, I want to eat good. I, it's called preventative health care. <laughs> yes, I get to live in the sunshine. That's preventative 
healthcare. But you know, once you once your faith becomes a luxury, it, you you start drifting, and so you're here. The, the, this is the the beauty, the win win win. You're here to fulfill something God created you to do. And, but you, he's not going to just throw it on you. You have to work at it. Here's an example. Uh, and the challenge is what gets you out of bed. It's what gets you to go do that. Right. So, so let's keep that connected. You, you don't want mediocre existence. You want to be valued. You want your life to be purposeful. Everybody had, this is the greatest question in human history. This, the first is, and not for us, because we know the first is, how did you get here? And we already know how we got here. Um, and uh, Christians, right? The second is, why am I here? And then for us specifically, true believers is, why am I still here? I've been saved. Why am I still hanging around? Well, that tells you right there, you, you just boxed yourself into purpose. All right. So we can prove it however you want to. But once you really understand that, you got to get up and go after it. So then the only question left is, what does that look like? Some of that's going to be wrought with uh, obstacles, and you have to learn how to overcome them. You do that by not running from them and, and going, I can't take it anymore. There's days like that. But generally, you, you move forward and you push forward. It's not your willpower and your strength. It's letting go. It's continually yielding. It's, it's childlike. All right. So, so the example I was going to use is a lot of times right now it's fishing season. And I'm, I'm pointing that way because to me, that's the ocean. <laughs> it's probably the opposite on camera. But, um, but there's birds all over right now because it's fishing season. You know, they're, I don't know if they're, I don't know much about, you know, way more than, than I will ever know about fishing. But there's schools and there's fish jumping right now and there's stuff happening. And I know, you know, I don't worry about the, the big fish, uh, you know, the ones with sharp teeth. But um, but when there's seagulls out there everywhere and pelicans and all that, you know, pretty much, you know, you're in good shape. But they're kind of annoying sometimes. So these birds are everywhere. They're just dive bombing and going all over. And I'm like, guys, can I not have one wave here and just without all this hubbub? <laughs> But, you know, it's so good because I see that God has provided for them everything, a buffet. So, but what do the birds have to do? They got to dive and go get it. Hmm. You, you have to go get it. So that means God draws you. He challenges you. He's developing your hunger. He helps you fall in love with him and choose him. But that's what the work is. It's not you know, I got to grind it out. I got to carry this, all that stuff. I know, man, I did it for years and years and I made money doing it, but I, I ended up not really being me. I was some shell of a guy who had some gifts in the one area, mm. like a diet version. And it felt fake. Yeah. And, and you know what? You're always afraid of losing that. So you always bend the narrative in the direction of that fear and you tell people what they want to hear. And boy, is that what we hear in churches a lot, yeah. a lot. Let's get a bigger coffee shop and let's market the heck out of this and get more people in the door so we can put bigger signs and bigger fog lights. 
you know, we've, we've heard enough of that. But, but anyway, God feeds the birds of the air, but he doesn't bring it to their nest. Mm. And I'm not talking about the chicks. I'm talking about the birds flying around. They got to go out and get it. Yeah. But he's provided it for them. And he tells us we're better than that. In fact, these, this was all made for us. You know, all this green crap and it's all satanic lunacy, right? Yeah. Climate, it's garbage. We, we, we already know that. So we don't need to talk about it. But the birds, man, go get it. And then there it is. Get You pick. You want that? You want this kind of fish? I don't know. I just see, they, they're, man, they're never starving. But they're always hungry. And that's where God wants us to, to be. It tastes better when you're hungry. Yeah. All right. Well, the, the, the thing that hits home with me <clears throat> after that is that there's never a point where you stop having to go after it. Right. Like, you know, yeah, that's you, right. You, you get in these seasons and you're like, man, I've been walking with the Lord for two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, you know, whatever. And you right. come upon these new areas where you're like, oh, gosh, you know, I got to deal with this, you know. And it's like, yeah, you never have to stop going after it. Like you never have to stop diving. Right. On, you know, getting staying hungry. And yeah. um, there are people who have never known what true hunger for the Lord is like. And then there are those who have feasted on him for a while, you know, and, and maybe got tired and, and stopped along the way. But the, the, the true follower is going to continue to hunger and thirst. I mean, that's right. Blessed are those who that's hunger right. and thirst for righteousness. That's right. I mean, it, it does it, 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 the, the hunger yeah. and thirst for God's goodness and purpose in your life has never quenched. Um, it's always evolving. It's always moving, you know, because he right. is, his word is living and active and, and his kingdom is advancing and growing. And so it's never a place of attainment or uh, I've got there or uh, figured this out because I have a degree or whatever. It's, it's, it's a, it's a process of continuing to go deep. Yeah. You know, I guess the, the only disclaimer to that is, um, you can get to a place of wisdom and understanding. You can get to a place where you become uh, a vessel that where you understand your purpose, you understand who you are, you understand why God puts you here and you can live that out. Right. But you're continually refined. And uh, so absolutely, if you ain't growing, you're, you're dying, you're going backwards, but we always press forward. Um and, and, but, but just a couple, you know, this is sort of philosophical sounding, all of this. <laughs> I think it's just, uh, uh, you know, sometimes the mood is easier and, and, and uh, sometimes it's heavier, but uh, I think we have to look at this. What, what's one of the obstacles? It, it's not, it, it's that we don't expect God to be good to us. Mm -hmm. And, and I want to remind, because we talked about dreaming and, and all that before, and this is good, right? This is good stuff. And God made you. He, he put it in you to be satisfied by doing that thing that can't be bought and, or, or that's part of who you are, right? And by, and by using his resources to be free to go and do that thing and the things that help people that you love. So... It's really good. It's so good that people don't know. Um, people are not expecting to see Jesus, but they are seeing us. And so, so when we act like him, a lot of times it freaks people out. They don't get it. Yeah. It's like uh, even Life Center, you know, we, we, we help people um, in a lot of different ways. I mean, we're not, you know, just a, 
an, in, uh, an endless bank account, but we, 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 as we grow, we continue to try to um, put specific resources toward helping not only get you spiritually free, but, but then help you kickstart where you want to go. And that's, you know, as we grow, we'll, we'll do more of that. But here's an example. We, one time uh, we had a, a college student who, um, um, she, she wanted to, to do something with makeup and, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, we just said, what do you need a computer? You need a class, you need, you know, small stuff. Um, and she, I think she needed a makeup kit or something. This was several years ago. And we were like, and this is me and her, we said, awesome. You know, we can do that for you. The, our organization will, will just, will just do it. Just show you, you know, the Lord made you, he loves you. So be encouraged and go. And, uh, and she was so excited because she'd never had anybody treat her like this. This is somebody serving us in a restaurant. And we just asked her her story and uh, it was great. Well, you know, we went back a few weeks later and she had mentioned it to her parents and her parents said, run from those people as fast as you can. And she started, she would never come serve us, never come near us again. Wow. And that's the state of the world. Yeah. You know, and that's why what we're doing is an uphill battle. Yeah. It's not easy. But but anybody who, who knows me or has known me for any length of time knows I'm going to speak truth to you. I may be wrong about some things here and there, but I'm going to share everything is genuinely as I can, because there is nothing uh, more important and valuable than getting to that place where you're free, where you're living on top of truth in your life. And the, the, our standard of truth is God and his word. That's it. So what people think over here? Yeah, man, I, I dig <laughs> the fact that Kanye's calling this idiot a retard. I love it. It's yeah. awesome. We're all for it, but that's not our, our gift and our bag. What we're going to do, God's doing stuff. He uses, he is for the least of these, but he uses the least expected to carry it out. Hmm. So think about that. That's Jesus. It don't matter whether you like Kanye West or not. You know, I, I'm indifferent. I just love what God's doing. He's bringing people that you don't expect. Yeah. And, uh, you know, how people have felt about Trump over the years because the, 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 the other side of I don't know, these goofy people have mul uh, completely demonized him. He's gruff. He's tough, man. But he's an awesome leader. And I don't care who I'm not going to shy away from that. But look, my point is he's using people you don't expect. Right. Isn't that what Jesus was like? I'm not comparing him to him, but yeah. like all of us. right? Well, the, the beauty of what you're saying, Kev, is people need to hear is God is going to offend your understanding to get exactly. you to truth. And so the areas that That's piss right. you off the most, you need to ask him, what are you trying to do in me? Because I'm pissed about this. And that pissiness in yeah. you, is actually right. something he's trying to deal with in you right. because you know, he has mean tweets. Okay. Well then, then why <laughs> right. are you, why does it make you mad? Don't deal right. with them. Don't deal with the mean tweets, deal with yourself 
Right. And people won't do that. It's so much easier to project on other people, demonize right. other people than to actually let God into your own life and to find yeah. out what he's trying to break off of you. Because I, when he uses these unexpected yeah. people, you're nothing more <laughs> than a, a Pharisee who's getting pissed off that, you know, he used a fisherman or a tax collector. That's exactly yeah. what, what's going on. Yeah, that's right. Well, you, 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 you really woke up a new level there, man. I'm glad. <laughs> you got you, you got me. You got me. You pinged me with the Kanye West thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, and you you know you you carried it out and, and with some good heart behind it. But that is God is for the least of these, but He uses the least expected to help them, hmm. and that's how. It was, and that's how it's always going to be. <laughs> so we have got to get beyond walking by sight to yeah. get beyond mediocrity. That means there is discomfort in choosing something that you don't understand. Yeah, again, I, I started in the very beginning saying this is the same stuff we have taught and shown over and over again. But you've got to let go how. You've got to let go when. You got to let go of this is my crappy old playing field. And you got to get to a place where you're really good at from your heart, from your spirit up through your heart, out through your hands, where you understand that every complaint, everything that begins in complaint is going to end in Thanksgiving. And mm -hmm. that's that's the work of the Lord in your life. That right there is getting you to a place where Paul was. Or a lot of these people where you now you're, you've, you're not white knuckling anything. You're in. That's what it means to be in. It's not lip service. It's send me, right? Have your way. You know, that old hymn, have thine own way with me, Lord. Like, let that in your heart. Quit white knuckling. And when you do that, God will begin to, yes, stuff gets thrown at you, but he makes, he redeems it. He makes all, he gives you a softer heart filled with joy and thick skin to protect it against this world. Because you got to go and offer, you got to go and pour out. You're here to do that. You're here to give. And God is the one you receive from. And that's adulthood with a childlike heart versus a childish existence. A lot of people don't grow up out of. But, but use the cookie jar. You know, we all know the cookie jar idea, right? Think about this. <laughs> I've been drawing this on my little notepads the last few days, like been seeing this a lot. But, you know, think of that little, you know, that little bratty six-year-old or whatever that he, he's just got that one big old, he's got his mitt on that toll house cookie and a jar of, there's a bunch of them in there, but he, he's holding on really tight to that cookie. He won't let go of it. Well, he's not going to eat it. He's just holding on because, man, I got to grind it out. I got best practices. I got to get it done. Yep. He's holding on with all his strength. And that's all he's ever going to have is a grip on a cookie. All right. What he doesn't know, and this is what we're trying to teach, is God wants to give you the whole jar of cookies. But you don't get it if you think you're going to lose it. you got to let go of it and mm -hmm. watch what he does because he is the giver and he gets credit. But if you get that cookie and you squeeze it out of there, yeah, you might get a half of it or a 
crumbled mess. But he says, that's what you got. That's your strength. That's the God you honor. And he, you know, our God cannot be bad to us. He can't. He can only be good. So if you don't start expecting that, then <laughs> you can't walk in that. Yeah. And it's not honoring to God. It doesn't honor him for you to carry around that old, I'm just a beggar riding a donkey, hoping to find some bread. That's bullcrap. You are made, handmade by the living God. But your value isn't what you attain, what you grasp and, and, and collect. Your value is what he does through you into the lives of others. And it satisfies you like nothing else. That's mm. the difference. And it will always be provided for. And God will give you the, the sweet desires of your heart. So if you, you like to boat and you want to boat, he won't hold that back from you. You may have to wait on him to, in his timing, but uh, he's a good father. Right. But people that are focused on almost sit in the corner and try to manifest a boat. And that's, that's just stupid. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, I'm going around the mountain here, but no, man, I, I loved your cookie jar analogy. That was, was awesome. Um, it, it's <laughs> a great picture. Like people need to hold on to. It reminds me, have you seen Dave Chappelle when he uh, kind of was talking about why he left the entertainment industry about the monkey and the Bushmen in Africa? Have you heard him, him talk about that? So no, how, uh -uh. how how bushmen find water in drought seasons is they take salt and they put it in a little hole because the baboons will go after the salt. But they do just like the cookie jar. They grab on and they can't get their hand out. So they capture the baboon and then they let the baboon eat as much salt as they want. And they let the baboon out of the cage and the baboon runs right to water. And that's how the Bushmen find water. And it just hit me as you're talking about the cookie jar. Like mm -hmm. that's the enemy, right? The enemy yeah. wants to take our rest. So he gives us as much of the crap, right? That we want until we run to, and he takes our rest, you know? It's like, it's, it's a right. good picture um, right. you know, for folks to really attach to and, uh, and, and think about the goodness of God. Do you believe that he would be good enough to give you the whole jar if you would let go of the cookie? Yeah, and it, it it's it's not even trying to define what his goodness is. It's knowing that his goodness is so far beyond your comprehension. It's you know I, I run into this a little bit here, and and it's okay. You know we we have to learn, but this is uh, trying to define. I mean, God, look, God has no edges. There's nothing to grab onto. So stop trying to grab onto him and hold on. He can't do it. He's too big. He's too much. He is I am. He is God. It doesn't matter how you go get 28 theology degrees and from Moody Institute or, you know, whatever. It, it doesn't change one thing when it comes to God's wisdom and understanding that he will give you if you just press into him. You know, and you can start with the word and get up. And you can start helping people in small ways. These are the big things. And he, man, he adores this. So I think that we, we, we keep, we see that cookie in the jar and we want to hold on to it. And we think, you know, and the world teaches us just to hold on tight, hold on tight. And you eventually your hard work will get it.
but that's mm. sweat of the brow cursed mentality god redeemed that we live if you're his we live under birds of the air here it is come get it i'm gonna let you pick and choose but come get it right so we've got to stop trying to grab hold of god like he's a cookie in that jar we've got to start stop trying to 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 hold on to everything even our future We've got to stop trying to hold on to security. and it, All of that is based in the devil's form of love, which is jacked up fear. So when you let go, God fills you up. Now you're operating in perfect love. And guess what cannot operate in that? Fear. Yeah. They're mutually exclusive. According to scripture, perfect love cast out all fear. That means they can't exist together. So when you expect God to be good, when you know that he's surrounded you, when you're walking in Jesus and he's walking in you, abiding, right? It, it's both. It's paradoxical. At some point, you got to let go of the bigness of God. You cannot exaggerate him. He's too big. I mean, you can't try to exaggerate it. It's not, he's not a fish story that you can talk a little bit bigger about. He's just simply in him all things exist uh, or consist so what do we have to do we have to just start by trusting what he tells us that's people that do that those are the brilliant people those are the people that god uses they're the ones because that's the people who he can work through perfect example is david the heart of david versus the heart of king saul you know, Saul's practical. What he did wasn't even all that bad, but his heart was really off track. Yeah. He made himself out to be God by making a decision not to kill off everybody when God told him to do it. What David did was terrible, but David's heart belonged to God. Mm. He had some pretty despicable behavior, but God can work with a willing heart. He cannot work with a heart that won't fall in love with him that won't choose him so we have to being childlike means we raise our expectations it means that we have to start getting up every day and saying i expect god to be good to me he can't be anything but good mm. and his version of goodness is so much beyond mine i'm just going to get up and now my complaints start they turn into thanksgiving when i'm in the water and i you know, always use this but oh, look at that big old house I'm like, well, thank you, Lord. I'm in the water and I'm healthy. And thank you for the sunshine. You see, we have to go get it. We have to choose that. Mm. But if you choose to complain and whine, it man, the enemy starts to encircle you and bring more with him. And you start manifesting that fruit. So, so Ken, one of the things I'm, I'm thinking of here, and um, and, and again, from a timing standpoint, just looking right. at the clock. Um, yeah, <clears throat> a couple more minutes or whatever. What, how do you how do you relegate hope? Um, because I think some people would say, God, God showed me something. I feel like God told me something. And the word says, you know, hope deferred makes a heart sick. It doesn't disappoint. So I'm holding on to hope like the hope in their own mind. They're holding on to the cookie in the jar and calling it hope. So mm -hmm. I wanted to delineate yeah. what you're saying. Like, it, yes, keep, hold on to hope but make sure you're not calling something hope that isn't hope. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I mean, even at the top of my paper here, it says get your hopes up. Because the other day somebody mentioned to me, they said, well, we ought to start saying that. I said, well, I think we did a show on that several years ago. Right. Yeah, you got to get your hopes up. God doesn't defer it. When he talks about that, that's not him deferring it. He's he's a God of hope. But, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I think we have to really start to it's what I'm saying is ultimately is we have to develop our listening skills and that starts, you know, people say, well, how do you hear from God and all that? Well, you know, we talked a little bit about that last week. It, it really, his voice really begins where common sense ends. You're not going to sit down and have lunch with him. He doesn't speak to us that way necessarily. I'm not going to say he can't. I'm just saying that he speaks to us through our spirit and he speaks to us through his word. Now that, you know, it doesn't mean he doesn't use people and all that, you know, he can give you a word for somebody else. And I believe all that, but most of it's just, you know, it, it, it's not worth its weight. So uh, the, the think about this, you have to choose this, right? You have to decide God is good because he says he is. And I'm going to live that way. I'm going to expect that. So now what happens is he starts growing those seeds. And uh, think about the, uh, was it the leper? Um, I can't remember. I don't have it in front of me, but pick up your mat and walk. walk. Get up and walk. Now, what if the guy said, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh? What if he said, I need a wheelchair. Uh, or what if he said, well, you know, like the guy at the pool who wouldn't get in because people kept jumping in front of him. And, you know, he was waiting for it to, for 38 years. I think he was laying there. Yeah. And uh, Jesus didn't ask him if he, he wanted help in the water. He said, do you want to be healed? And you could just picture the guy going, uh, 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 you know, because he said, but I can't, you know. Yeah. And you can you can inference this, but Jesus is saying, I didn't I don't need that. I'm good. Do you believe that? So you got we have got to what I'm saying is we've got to learn to listen to God, but the word helps us cut right to the chase. Our God is God. Period. If you start there, instead of trying to manufacture logic and figure them all out and theology and all this crap that you don't really need, and I'm not putting down people who are enjoying learning Hebrew and all that. That's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, But the deep part of this is, does he own your heart? And if, if you will give him your heart, he will do the rest. And that's the key. So you have to, to, in order to do that, you have to guard your heart from the enemy wants to take it away, keep you unproductive. And you have to fill it with good things. And, and it has to be childlike. So your prayers now are exuberant. They're not uh, begging. That doesn't mean there aren't moments where you, you, you really, really hurting. And, and, and it, that's okay, right? I'm not. But generally speaking, Lord, I don't have anything. You have it all. Anything that you've ever even given me is yours. And I'm excited just to get up today thank you where are we going who are we going to help 
And that right there, that's more like Jesus than, than people who give vast sums of money to places that don't change lives because they have a little extra to give over here. Or it's, it's that one person that gets up and they're truly, truly childlike before God. That's the person who will not live a mediocre life, but a spectacular life with a significant life. And that's what we want. That's what gets us up every, should get us up every day. But most people, they either don't understand this or they have some level of fear. The other part of this I want to add is, is going back to the dreaming idea. When you're praying and talking to God, it's okay to get specific. A lot of people, you know, I'll challenge them with big questions and then they'll kind of go, well, you know, be happy. That's my goal or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, well, all right, we got to get specific here. Yeah. Here's why specifics begin to uh, hold us accountable. So when you start to uh, press into God and, and he, he gives you some specifics, he, he may not connect dots. It may take several years, but this is specific things uh, allow us to, to go back to them and go, well, well, Lord, you showed me this. I don't really know what it means, but I'm excited about it. Keep showing me more. Keep showing me more. You know, pull on his shirt tail. He's a good father. You know, and, and we, there's many things you and I've talked about where maybe he showed you something and you come back several years and you go, well, what was that for? But he maybe he hadn't shown it all to you yet. So specifics are good. You know, so so press in. If it's a house, go on in, knock on the door, see what's in the next room. It's that you're not manufacturing anything. It's just giving him all of yourself. You're dreaming. You're spending time with him. You're asking him to show you more. And you say, well, I saw this. What about that? That's being like a child asking a father. Yeah. It's nothing. Not only is it not bad, it's good. And it, there's nothing mediocre about it. But if you don't do it because you're afraid or uh, what will they think? Or, oh, no, if I lose this, I might lose my, my vet. Man, that's not God. That's yeah. fear. And that's mediocre. You know, to me, a big, a big catalyst, and this could be just my own perspective, but I think it's for somebody else as well is um, ultimately there's a massive um, uh, need for patience, right? Um, Which is why the word said love is patient. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, um, patience is the fruit of the spirit. I I think a major issue for many people is it's, it's, it's a lack of patience, it's not a, it's not an unwilling heart necessarily. It's an mm-hmm. impatience. And that's why they give up or they get discouraged or they miss right. because they're attaching their own understanding of time to God's goodness. Right. It, it's not, it's man, I believe he's good, but it doesn't feel good right now. And, and so it's a, it's a patient issue. Um, I know that's something that I wrestle with, um, especially when it comes to people, right, is is a patience. Right. And that's what one of the areas God's mm-hmm. grown me mightily is is wrestling with patience. And so just to say that, to encourage people that, you know, right. you might have a willing heart and you might have all these things we're talking about. But like, do you, are you really patient? Right. With yeah. God. Um, and right. I, I remember a, one of the things you've said is that being patient with him because he's been patient with you <laughs> and that's a good way to help gain perspective yeah he has and 
uh, yeah, all of this ties together, you know, it's a little loosey goosey, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a end of a, a long week and, uh, uh, good things going on, but just think about if you, if you want to live a mediocre life, God will let you, if you want to live a life filled with comfort, God will let you, if you want to have people around you, just telling you, yes, God will let you. God will let the, the, the birds uh, keep flying, but they have to go get it. Pick up your mat and walk. God's giving you the opportunity and the fulfillment and the provision to carry out what he tells you to do, but you still have to do it, mm -hmm. right? So get, pick up your mat and walk means get up out of your infirmity, get up out of your mediocrity, don't be afraid of discomfort. Step into the challenge and grow and become everything he meant you to be. That is the most wonderful gift of God outside of saving us, is allowing us to live in the freedom of that and be productive. That's what it means to be like Jesus. If you don't want that, then you don't want God. If you do want that and, and, and it takes time to work through it, that's okay. And that's why the, the body works together. Different gifts come together to help people get free. But think about this way. Godly compassion, this is one of the, the, the things we send out regularly. It hasn't been a while. Godly compassion covers the wound, but leaves always leaves the truth exposed. But we speak the truth, and it may offend, but we're here to help cover the wound you know and that's to me that's that speaks highly of uh, that that's the heart and personality of jesus he he he's challenging us so we need to challenge one another we need to challenge each other but the result of that is so much greater and more than the, the you know the, the 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 media the thing about mediocre life is uh, it's a life that really ends with regret. Mm. And uh, you think, think of all the people out there who really, really need your gift, who need God's strength, everything passing through the vessel of your gift. And uh, if you hold that back, you can be, you know, you can be holding back all kinds of things, people's lineages. And it's crazy. You know, it, that's a big thing. But the simple answer is, you know, the gravity of comfort. If that's what you're after, it's not about comfort. Like, do I have a fluffy couch? <laughs> but go. I want to challenge people this week and the next couple, since we probably won't do a show next week. But look in your life and see what you're defining uh, as comfort. And and, you know work at redefining it as I'm going after the comforter hmm. and, and get mad if you need to and, and go to that place where you, you know what? I don't care if my field has holes in it, or my sand lot. I don't care if there's sand spurs and I'm going to run my route and I'm going to catch the ball. If you're the receiver, I'm a win. You throw at me whatever you want, but I'm here for this. 
And you see, a, a lot of people aren't there because they keep going back to, yeah, but I got to do this. And yeah, but my house and yeah, but my, my career. And yeah, uh-uh. you got to let go of all that stuff. That's a cookie in a jar. You want all that? God will give it to you where no one can take it from you. But you got to let go of it first. And that gets you out of the gravity. That launches you to the moon. And don't believe me. You know, that's okay. All you got to do is look at the fruit. And you can look at my life and you can see that lived out. And, and you know, your life as well. So it's really important. And, uh, you know, I don't want to go on and on. But I, I do think that it was uh, to, to tidy it all up. Think of it as gravity. And uh, if you do not press through that for purpose uh, into him, then you will be held to a, a comfortable life of mediocrity with little to no impact. Hmm. So that's the bottom line. I, I'm going to reiterate what you said, Kevin, because it just strikes a, a, a great chord as we wrap up today. Redefine this idea of comfort instead of going after comfort, go after the comforter. And that is, uh, that's, that's everything to me, um, that, that was said today in a, in a beautiful kind of statement there. So I just want to reiterate that and let folks hold on to it, chew on it this week. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, we appreciate everybody listening who does. And even throughout the week, as we send this out, um, you know, share it with somebody, if it's helpful to you, you know, take part help us but uh yeah we just the the hardest to help you get there and and cheer you on as you keep going and uh, so yeah well kev man thanks for pouring out today and putting up with my (laughs) mood to get transitioned into the show and uh for everybody listening uh blessings to you this week we're here if you need us fearlesstradingcompany.com Uh, get some coffee, get some hot sauce, get some encouragement, jump in discipleship, you know, uh, 501c3, uh, donate. If you, if you're fed here, um, you know, uh, pour back in, uh, we just want to remind you to do that. Yeah. I wanted to add, thanks for saying all that. I did want to add this too. You know, we've got people that want hot sauce and, 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 well, I don't see it. You know, I had uh, a good buddy say, you know, I want to get cleansed and, and I didn't see it on your website. So I just wanted to say we're, we're getting ready to overhaul everything. We're just trying to wait until we understand everything, and we're, we're getting real close. We're getting ready to, to, to update our website. So it'll be cleaner, easier. The things you need and want will be there. And uh, so thanks for patience, but we will, uh, we will have that squared away soon. So I just yeah. want to say that. Good, good reminder. Well, friends, thanks so much. Y'all have an awesome uh, couple of weeks and uh, we'll be sure to let you know. Uh, again, get connected because we send out updates, messages, shows, replays or whatever. If you're not a part of the fearless community, uh, get plugged in. You can always message us to know how to do that, to stay updated. But um, Kev, thanks, man. And uh, everyone else, appreciate you. Be well.